0: Welcome to another sparkling edition of the Thought Police. It's me, Mike Graham, and it's him, Kevin O'Sullivan, in a slightly different arena, um, which is a lot more spacious than the one we normally record in. So hopefully, it won't sound all that different. But, uh, or no, we're
1: up on the 17th floor with a panoramic view of London and I a panor- panoramic view of exactly what's going on yeah. in this. Forlorn country right
0: now. Mm, absolutely right. Now, tell us about what's going on in this forlorn country right now. Uh,
1: well, I'm worried about the whole United Kingdom, but I'm particularly concerned about Wales, which has gone collectively insane. People blo- have been
0: concerned about blo- Wales quite
1: Mark a long time. Drakeford, he, he has to be carried away in a yeah. white coat. There's something wrong with it. You know? <laughs> I mean, what does he think he's doing? What is the point of saying, I know, uh, well, I will let the pubs open, but only until six o'clock. And by the way, you can't serve alcohol. What's the fucking point of that?
0: I know. Well, there isn't any point in having a pub that doesn't serve alcohol, is there? I mean, it's no. basically prohibition he's coming up. Coming
1: yeah, I know. It. This is this is now getting really worrying because this isn't about uh, sensible measures. This is about uh, dictatorship. This is about a kind of tyranny that best friends of Jeremy
0: Corbyn really love. Yeah. Uh, and he Didn't is... they have this uh, firebreak, as we used to call well, it? Well, th- look,
1: you know... What happened to that? Look, th- this is the, the four governments of the United Kingdom. Here are their policies in full. Lockdown doesn't work. Blame the people. Tear systems don't work. Blame the people. Bring in another lockdown. Fails again. Blame the people. New tiers. Crap. Blame the people. It's ridiculous. Why don't they work out that actually the score is
0: lockdowns and tiers just don't work? It's not the people's fault. They just don't work. They don't. And the worst thing about all of this is that having said that they don't work, uh, they then want to keep doing them. Which doesn't make any sense well, at all. Well, that's what I'm saying. Everyone.
1: I mean, it is the definition not only of madness, but certainly of political madness, uh, to come up with a policy that palpably and patently is a fucking disaster, <laughs> absolute <laughs> failure. Oh, what should we do? I've got an idea. Let's do exactly the same let's thing again. Let's do it some more, Only and worse. Let's keep doing it. Right.
0: I mean, I spoke to a guy today who was up in uh, Birmingham, who's in Tier Three. I was amazed that Birmingham was put to Tier Three because I didn't know that they were in Tier Three before they went into the last yeah, lockdown because yeah. they weren't. Right, But he was saying, you know, they've got all this COVID-secure uh, stuff in their bars, in their restaurants, in the hotel itself. Um, everything was fine. And yet, he goes to the local supermarket where everybody's got a mask on. They're all wandering about, bumping into one another, walking next to each other, stepping over each other to reach the cheese and all this kind of thing. And he's like, well, how can they let them do that in a, in a, in a, in a movable feast of a supermarket, but not actually in a hotel where they can sit and be perfectly socially distanced away from everyone? Yeah, uh, and, the, and the attack on the
1: hospitality industry is now Getting sinister mm. uh, because you know in all totalitarian regimes the first victim is fun. Right. People are not allowed to enjoy themselves. They, the uh, those kind of administrations, they do not like fun, frivolity, and people enjoying themselves. Mm. And Mark was... Drakeford clearly does
0: not like people... Have you noticed, by the way...
1: Whether or not you have a drink got to do with
0: it. I know. Have you also noticed that that all of the people who support all these measures all happen to be sort of slightly left of centre, uh, or very left of centre, because they don't want you to have... Not only do they not have any fun, they don't want you to have any either.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you about people who are left of centre. They're pathetic people with empty lives and uh, they've got nothing to do anyway. The lockdown doesn't make any difference to them because they've got no fucking friends.
0: Yeah, they've got no lives either. They've got no social lives. They don't like going out, don't like drinking, don't like the corral. I mean, apart from old Neil Ferguson, of course, who's been back on television... Last
1: night I saw him! What's he doing? Being interviewed on
0: Newsnight, right? Where he's saying things like... Well, of course, you know some people have said some nasty things about me. Really? That's because you're a total wanker. I know. Yeah, Emily Maitlis,
1: I understand you. There's <laughs> been hate mail on social. Media. Yeah, really? Yes, I. Oh no shit, show. It has been quite stressful at times. Hey, Professor Neil, go fuck yourself. I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> or oh, we'll go and fuck that German yeah. bird that you yeah. did the last time. By the way, he was also. I mean, I just happened to be watching Newsnight last night, which is quite rare.
0: That is rare. Uh, but uh, I bet you moved the dial on well, the old uh, re- on the on the old listeners.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, you know, double, the d- d- double the audience. Double the audience. I
0: just... Uh... A very, uh, you and Emily, Mait- Emily is dad.
1: I very unusually happened to be watching. I couldn't believe my eyes. There he is again, the right. bloke who's always on the Today programme. Yeah. The BBC loves him. He is a charlatan who has never got anything
0: right once. No. And there he is. And why did they never ask him about that, by the way? Yeah. All? Yeah. Let me say, by the way, Neil, uh, do you feel a bit embarrassed yeah. about the fact that you got everything completely fucking wrong? Well, she sort of did say,
1: well, you did predict 500,000 deaths and that didn't come about. And he went off into some rambling excuse for his uh, latest massive mistake.
0: Right. Uh, and but then what start... you realise when these guys speak, right, right, is that actually they're not like you and I. They don't talk about things in a normal way. They talk oh. about things in a kind of abstract, ridiculously unreal way, don't they?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, and then he starts moaning about hate mail. Now, he's got a lot, a lot of hate mail, uh, but in my view, not nearly enough. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> troll that son of a bitch. <laughs> Give him as much hate mail as he deserves. I'm not sure
0: you can say that, but never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am saying you it. You are saying it. You yeah. can say it. Yeah. <laughs> you can, if can you like. say it. it's You can say whatever you want. It's the bonking prophet. Listen, it it's, it's, everything you, can say, you, you can say whatever you like. But no, here's the thing um, they get this guy on. Um, they don't really put him under the spotlight whatsoever, yeah. whereas they do that to almost everybody else that they put on. Do you remember when they had Nigel Farage on and they turned on him? When they had uh, Lawrence Fox on, they turned on him. When they had Rod Little on, they turned on him. Yeah. You know, they turn on anyone who they perceive yeah. to be right wing.
1: Let me tell you what I think it is with the BBC and this idiot uh, Neil Ferguson, ah. the bonking boffin who had to resign because he Maybe was shagging give his own his, show shagging his girlfriend illegally during his own uh, lockdown. Right. Uh, let's talk about disgrace. I think it's that the BBC is refusing... To let those awful populist journalists and mm. the red tops no. dictate their agenda. Right. Well, you may have exposed him, but that's pathetic. We're going to st- carry on standing by him. And it's become a, a, an obsession yes. with them now that he's on every five minutes. Mm. The man is useless. He's also he's no never longer got working. Right.
0: He's also resigned from the government's SAGE committee anyway, so he's not well, even working for the government. Exactly. More. I mean, exactly. he's still at Imperial College. Well, and by the way, we are still following what it is that, that they say, because every time Imperial College comes out with anything, uh, Boris Johnson quoted it today in the House of Commons when he returned not exactly triumphantly, from his 14 days in hiding <laughs> when there was nothing wrong with him, right? And I'm now convinced, more than ever, his hair is now actually being cut to look the way it does. Because if you look closely at his head today, right, it looks like a freshly cut head of hair. It does not look like somebody's tousled it, mm-hmm. just got out of bed. It's all kind of, uh, it's all jaggy angles. I'll, it's been cut like that. I'll, I'll
1: accept that possible reason. My, my uh, belief is that actually, he's actually now
0: completely bald, but he sticks a few blonde tufts onto
1: his head <laughs> with super glue. Well,
0: it certainly is a very odd colour for a man of his years. He's as bald as a coot. I mean, right? it's, he's 55, isn't he? Yeah, it? 55
1: and going bald yeah. fast.
0: Well, blimey, he's got plenty of reasons he to go does,
1: He still looks terrible, doesn't
0: he? He doesn't look well. He it really does not really look well. Well, it, really well, it can't be much fun. I mean, I was saying this to someone <laughs> the other day, you know, who was saying they hadn't had a great year. And I actually said, well, nobody's really had a great year, but I don't think anyone's had a worse year than Boris Johnson. Can you imagine at the start of the year, right? Yeah. He was the champion of all this he surveyed This time made. last year, basically. This time last year, uh, he was about a week away from winning one of the biggest landslide victories of any Tory <laughs> prime minister, right? 80-seat majority. Yeah. He was well on the way to getting Brexit done. Um, he got a brand-new girlfriend, And everything was rosy. Everything was great. Everything was happy domestically. Even for him, it was relatively quiet. And now look at him. I mean, can you imagine waking up as Boris Johnson every morning? Now going right. Okay, then, Carrie, how are you? Shut up. Yeah, you know, uh, go and feed the baby. Okay then. Um, what should we do after that? Well, you better get downstairs because there's about five people waiting to see you yeah. uh, who are going to bring you some more bad news.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And Kerry, who would you like me to fire today? What should I do about the green industrial revolution? Yeah. How
0: many windmills can yeah, we put up? Yeah.
1: <laughs> God. I mean, yes. I think that for Boris Johnson, he's even year...
0: given bloody uh, the dog COVID, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> The That's fucking Daly Street well. dogs that got COVID. Bollic. Look, Apparently let's just it was... do this on the record, shall we?
1: Dogs don't get COVID. <laughs> No, they do. Apparently they do. No, they no, do. don't. That's a load
0: of old I crap. actually thought Ziggy had a bit of COVID at the <laughs> weekend because he was very lethargic. I read the description of how lethargic... <laughs> Boris's dog was, and it was doing a bit of wheezing, right? Yeah. And I was giving him his chicken dinner, and he was sitting there slav- slavering over it, as he always does. Yeah. But he was kind of wheezing. And I'm like, he's fucking wheezing. You know, yeah. maybe he's got yeah. COVID. Got you know? got COVID. <laughs> because they do say that it, pets can get it right, in which case wow. they'll never... If I don't, it, don't it, believe it. Though. Boris said... Um, well, we haven't eradicated the virus. Well, guess what? You won't be eradicating it because you don't eradicate viruses. It doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, but I think generally speaking, it's quite right, Mike. This time last year, Boris was on the cusp of his golden age, yeah, uh, it hasn't quite worked, About out, worked get, out like
0: he planned. I mean, he it? became the Prime Minister, which is never as good as being elected. So having been elected, you know, he basically got the job that he'd always wanted. Yeah, yeah, he suddenly was king, running yeah. king of the world. He yeah. was king of Great Britain, all he surveyed. And it's just literally turned completely and utterly to shit. Yes, <laughs> all uh, of it. <laughs> but, <well>, but partly, <laughs> though, it. I mean, you
1: know, it. of course, uh, to be serious for a second, he's had a terrible road to travel. And I wouldn't wish that on any. No, prime of course sister. not. However, uh, he has proved to have the backbone of a jellyfish. Yeah, I mean and it the hasn't. The reason all been we're in this mess now is he—he he has got no guts whatsoever. No,
0: I mean it hasn't all been of his own making, and I have some sympathy. And there are those people who still will survive um, uh, uh, this particular nightmare and will still vote Tory and will still say Boris is a great bloke. Yeah, but I, I think not he's, many I think he's
1: lost the next election. There's
0: not very many of them. I don't think he's going to run. I, well, think they'll I think he's him lost out. the
1: next election for the Tories.
0: Well, except that in order to do that, you have to vote for Labour, and I don't think that's going yeah, to happen. There
1: either. is that slight. I mean, let's face ups.
0: it. I mean, good old Keir Starmer, right? Mr. Forensic. What's his big plan today abstain. when they're voting When they're voting on the most important thing that's happening uh, at the moment in Britain? Yeah. I know. We'll just not say yes or no. So they're abstaining. We'll abstain. I think
1: they're Scott.
0: Scott the SNP are abstaining. abstaining. Lib Dems are abstaining.
1: And do you know why they're doing this? Uh, to highlight... Because they ..to highlight the number of rebel MPs uh, there are on the Tory backbench. Oh, yeah. Like none of us in the country could have worked that out right. mathematically.
0: Because it won't be written we down. We've
1: never seen that. We'd have never worked that out. Very important for you to abstain. Well, they I could think have it's just outrageous. done. Couldn't
0: they just have done what they did the last time, I think, I think, which yeah. was to vote with the government, yeah. and then you could still just, just as easily see the number of rebels.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, exactly. What's the That's difference? What
0: I'm saying. It's they all vote with the fucking they think, government anyway.
1: Just, they, these fucking politicians—they've got so used to treating us like eight-year-olds—they yeah. think we can't do simple sums in our heads, so we better abstain. Otherwise, people won't notice Mm. that there are 100 rebel Tory MPs. Of course we'll fucking notice.
0: Well, it's like the Michael Gove faux pas uh, this morning on Julie Hartley Brewers' show, where he claims that he was in a pub, right? And he was trying to explain why it's more important to have a substantial meal. Because he claims, and I tried to establish which pub he could have been in and when, because he tried to explain that he was in a pub with his brother, uh, or sorry, his son and somebody else watching a football match, right? Now, I think it was Chelsea that he said. It's somewhere in West London. But he said all sorts of people were wandering up to the bar and ordering drinks. Now, you haven't been able to go wandering I up to a bar and order a drink since at least September, the beginning of September. I have seen that in pubs. Right? And I don't think he's telling the truth, because I don't think not- any of these people go anywhere. No. When was the last time you saw Michael Gove in a pub anywhere outside of Westminster? Some of the shit Michael Gove's been coming out with in
1: the last couple of days, he was sent out on the media rounds by Boris, presumably as a punishment for disagreeing with the Tier 2 for London. But some of the shit he's been coming out with...
0: You know, whatever you you do, don't play any board games at home, because obviously if you're at home playing board games, that's where you're going to get COVID. Yeah. What?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, don't play board games. If you must hug your granny, take her outside first. Leave the windows open on Christmas Day. Yeah. Up in Scotland, uh, Nicola Sturgeon, Herr Gruppenführer Sturgeon is telling... Scottish citizens how to do their Christmas shopping and where, mm. and their clinical director has told uh, the Scottish people how to serve roast potatoes. Go and fuck yourselves. Yeah, really, don't... Uh, don't bring your own. Yourself. Bring your own roast potatoes, yeah, in yeah. fact. Bring your everybody, own cutlery. Everybody, everybody, play board games, serve your potatoes how you like, kiss your granny indoors, yeah. and close all the windows on Christmas Day.
0: I mean, do not listen to these dictators. My problem with kissing my granny is I'd have to dig her up first, because yeah, me she's not too. actually me alive, yeah. so I mean, that same, might be a bit tricky. Same deal for my parents. In fact, I think one of them's been cremated. Uh, Made, yeah. To be honest. Yeah. So that's, it's exactly. To exactly. There but are. it is
1: ridiculous. Every year, one thing is always predictable: postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, just like yours. It's like your own personal post office: no lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial. Plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code program.
0: But let's talk about um, Fulham, since we're talking about West London, because for the last two weeks I have been tormenting you about the penalty situation, uh, because two horrendously bad penalties cost you quite a few points. Apparently you're telling me that this weekend there's something else up.
1: Well, the uh, last penalty that we missed last week, uh, Ivan Cavaliero... Uh, stepped up fell fell over and hoofed it over the bar Uh, bravely last night against Leicester he uh, opted to take the penalty again and Fulham fans everywhere going oh shit here we go (laughs) Uh, but full marks to him he stepped up and he banged it straight into the back of the net we'd already scored one uh, by Edemola Lookman who's the guy who took our first pathetic penalty so he redeemed himself uh, 2-0 up uh, against uh, Leicester at half time and we won 2-1 so uh the boys are back.
0: Well, they are back, but I mean, does that actually mean um, that they're still out of the relegation? Yeah, trouble? we are. We're, we're fourth from bottom. Happy days. Really? Is that?
1: It's getting a heady height, sir, for Fulham. I I think we we looked pretty good last night. I think we're going to stay
0: up. Yeah, well, you say that every week. I I think we're going to stay up. But you're going to be proved wrong, (laughs) I'm
1: a Fulham fan. I have to be an eternal optimist. I'll tell
0: you who's not going to stay up in my book, and it may well be that they make it onto planks of the week this week. Um, But I was walking around the other day, not far away from this building uh, where the Shard is, and, of course, Guy's Hospital is there, which has been there a very long time. They're talking about knocking it down and rebuilding it into something new and more modern. Uh, It's twinned with uh, St Thomas's Hospital, Waterloo which is funny enough where Boris was taken uh, on that fateful night Uh, but guess what right I'm walking through the quadrangle the other day and I came upon this kind of huge what looked like just a kind of a piece of wood and I wasn't sure what it was and I kind of came around the front of it realised it's the statue of Thomas Guy who is the bloke who actually founded the hospital, not only the the, the, the Guy's Hospital, but also St Thomas's. He was a philanthropist who lived in London back in the 19th century or something like that. And they've got a little sign on it saying that the hospital trust has decided, in order to um, assuage some people's views of the history of the country, that they're going to review whether or not they should have the statue there at all what a nasty little
1: treacherous bastard. this bloke founds the hospital and he did it as a And philanthrop- he gave him a load of
0: money as well yeah. by the way no
1: no, no a philanthropic gesture yeah. to to form a place where people could be healed mm. and it's still there now a magnificent hospital. And it's a
0: cancer center and they're gonna- I mean and they, and they, and they are so ashamed of this man now they don't even say that he's got an association with slavery they don't even make that leap all they're saying is that because he's a white man from a couple of hundred yeah. years ago, he must be in the wrong. I think surely, this,
1: this is the new uh, punishment. This is the new crime. Uh, it seems to be just that you were born 300 years ago, yeah. therefore you must be a. Bastard. And you had
0: some money, so you must have had it by ill-gotten <laughs> gains. You it, couldn't it, possibly have had it for any good. It reason. is so
1: ridiculously asinine mm. to blame people from 300 years ago for what they did, what their
0: careers were, their attitude to slavery. Uh, things change. Right. It's.
1: But, it's, it but, guess,
0: but guess what they're doing. They're in consultation with Sadiq Khan uh, um, and the statues board because of all things, of course, what, that he worries about in London, apart from the fact that the economy's down the fucking toilet, apart from the fact that knife crime's up all over the place, despite the fact that you can't drive anywhere for fear of being stuck in a traffic jam, although at least they are now getting rid of some of the cycle lanes because them, yeah. uh, apparently they haven't worked out terribly well. Uh, he's now decided to have this review, this commission, uh, which is going to apparently suggest that they change the names of some of the streets uh, because they might remind people of something terrible that happened. Uh, and, of course, they're going to take down a load of statues. Fucking Sadiq Khan couldn't run a bath. I know. Let, let alone the greatest city on earth. I know.
1: Which, which is systematically
0: wrecking. But also, as we always say, none of this stuff belongs to him or to, in fact... Um, Guy's Hospital. It belongs to the, the nation, doesn't it? Uh, you know, how can they take these decisions that are based upon nothing at all well, other than their own prejudices?
1: Well, going back, that's exactly right. Going back to uh, our friend Mark Drakeford, the uh, clinically insane Welsh <laughs> First Minister, uh, he has got his henchmen to draw up a list of 900 offensive statues, monuments, works of art, uh, and road names. Uh, including, and two of the big villains in Wales are Sir Francis Drake and Lord Nelson. Oh, of
0: course. We want to get them out, don't we? Well, we certainly can't be uh, supporting anything that they did. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, funnily enough, I'm actually not that bothered by this thing that happened over the weekend, which didn't get much traction, partly because it probably is one of those decisions that you could say maybe you can see the reason for it. But out in Southall, which is a very uh, Indian community, right, a lot of Sikh people live there, there's a road called Havelock Road, which is a very famous road in Southall. In fact, I think it's where, is it not where one of the riots happened, Havelock Road?
1: Yeah, I I was down there, and covered it. Yeah,
0: and and so it's a very well-known road. But apparently it's named after this guy Havelock, who was one of the commanders of the British forces in India, in Punjab back in the day when Britain was at war with the Sikhs, right? And seemingly um, there was an awful lot of blood spilled at the hands of this guy, General Havelock. And apparently I think he's got a statue in Trafalgar Square. Mm. So you can expect that to come down sometime soon. Oh, of course. But because it's Southall and because um, I think there's a big temple there, the Guru Nanak Temple is there. They've called, they've renamed it Guru Nanak Road. But it's been done by Ealing Council, a Labour council. But not much has been said about it, funnily enough. But actually, the more I thought about it when I read it, I thought, well, I can sort of see how some people, if they were from the Sikh background, Uh, might not like that in their home kind of town, as it were.
1: Yeah, I'm not too bothered about that, I suppose. I just don't like the principle of all this, changing names, pulling down statues... Because well, because you wonder where it ends, don't because you? Because of perceived crimes 300 years ago. It's ridiculous. Mm. Uh, I, I covered the uh, Southall riots. Did you? Um, and uh, they were particularly vicious. They were, I, weren't they?
0: I covered all the riots. It Was it was, was that uh, the ones back in the, eight, the early 80s? 81. Yeah, yeah. Because that was like, Brixton, wasn't it? Because yeah. I remember I was living well, in Bath, I think, at the time. Well, they started in Brixton. I, yeah. I
1: went to that the right. first night. and never seen anything like
0: it. Well, there used to be a lot of jokes about we, stones thrown from Railton Road, didn't there? Yeah. and then we people but, were throwing stones everywhere.
1: Well, you yeah, but then, then they spread out all over London. You know, Battersea and Southall uh, was, of course the kind of Asian version of what mm. was happening in Brixton. Right. And that was a really, really big riot. And I remember, and I was there covering uh, the riot for the papers, and suddenly they saw me, in those days you had to go into a phone box yeah. and dial your copy, on right. your copy over. And these rioters, like about a 100 of them, saw me in there. And of course, i oh, the enemy, the fascist. Right. So they start running for me. I thought, well, fuck this. So I put the phone down and just stopped, ran. <laughs> and, they're, and they're chasing after me, throwing bricks and bottles and all what. that. And I suddenly saw these uh, sort of steps, which went down... Where were down, the cops, by the way? Well, oh, fucking nowhere. Right. So they go down to the... Um, you're on your own in those riots, I'll tell you.
0: Because these so, were the days when the cops were meant to go around yeah, cracking people's oh, heads, is, weren't
1: they? Yeah, they just hid behind shields. Right. Um, anyway, I go down these stairs onto the railway line. So I'm running down the railway right. And I'm, by now, there's about, like, uh, 50 of them after me. And I run into further... And then I look around and there's 10. Right. And in the end, we run the railway and there's just one guy. And I thought, <laughs> like, why am I running away from one guy? Did you see that? So um, I turned round and ran back at him at first base and uh, he turned round and ran for it.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, did you see that piece of video at the weekend? There was loads of stuff coming out about the various... Um, problems in in london with the anti-lockdown right right there's one piece of footage where they've got this the cops have got this guy and they're about to try and handcuff him but he somehow wriggles free and and takes off right and they're all so unfit the cops that they can't stay up with him they can't catch him so he just disappears and there's a few of them sort of you know out of breath running after him for about 10 minutes and then they just give up and he gets away it's quite funny but yeah i mean i was living in bath at the time and i remember um they had them in it spread to St Paul's in Bristol yeah they went all around the country it's called the Summer of
1: and discontent. me and my
0: mates were hoping there would be a riot in Bath because Bath was Bath kind of, right you know this, this little perfect place right and the beautiful flowers and it was like the culture city of Europe and there was Bath Abbey the the yeah, and the weird the seething cesspit of discontent yeah and it was so middle class you know yes. we were like yeah let's have it let's yes. fucking have yeah. it I want to put a, a couple of bricks my car's the going rusty it's two years yeah, old yeah I know hit ah, the street. yeah <laughs> I know how's the new Land Rover yeah. I mean so, but it never happened
1: we never got them in the end no, no. Well, it, you wouldn't in Bath but they did spread everywhere and uh, London was particularly bad I mean I went to all of them because uh, mm. I, I became a, like a riot specialist uh, Brixton all the time Battersea South Hall uh, um, Camden uh, all over, all yeah. over. Can you see that
0: happening again, do you think?
1: Well, I really, I, mean, I really, it's a good point. Uh, we we came hit to this point randomly, but uh, now i come to think of it, there is a historical precedent for what's going on. I think these lockdown protests, and they're not just protesting no. about lockdowns, they're pro- protesting against the... Uh, removal of our freedom—they're going to get worse and worse and worse. I think they are going to become. Because a... I
0: can't quite work out at the moment.
1: Mass rebellion is going to be a problem.
0: I think it might be because I haven't quite worked out yet whether it's. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of different sorts of people in this whole mix, right? There's yeah. people who are genuinely annoyed about the lockdown. There are people who are agitators so who are going to get into a fight with the cops. So there yeah. are genuinely people who. Um, want their freedoms back. But, but it doesn't take much for that all to, to kick off, does it?
1: No, and, and this, this one that, that last weekend, the paper's still faithfully underreported. Yeah. Uh It's strange that. The newspapers should be doing these big. This is I know. a significant, groundswell really of opinion. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna, that was the biggest one so far. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and on a general basis, the people who don't demonstrate, ordinary people, uh, are just going to stop obeying the rules. Yeah. Boris Johnson... The 100 uh, rebel Tory MPs are representative of a growing groundswell of opinion mm. that we've had enough of this shit and we're not going to obey yeah. it anymore.
0: Well, I think as of you know today, <clears throat> as people are listening to this, the, 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 the tiers are going back in. So yeah. in London, we're going to have tier two. I, I would predict that there's going to be a lot of yeah. people in pubs, there's going to be a lot of people going out to restaurants. There's no curfew at yeah. uh, 10 o'clock anymore, yeah. so that means people will be out later. Yeah. You know, it's going we're to be really stupid. interesting.
1: We're not stupid. We've had... Lockdowns before they now tell us uh, we need more lockdowns. The fact you need more lockdowns proves that the first lockdown didn't work. We're not stupid, right? Uh, So they're just and not
0: for and also for the same reasons that they're saying we have to do. I mean, Drakeford, for example, and then
1: blaming the people. His point, people's fault. He
0: actually uttered the words, didn't he? That 1,700 people will die. How does he know that?
1: Yeah, well, that's like Sadiq Khan saying thousands of people will die of air pollution unless I put up cycle lanes. Yeah, prove it. Right, prove it. Show me the exact numbers. I know. This is just bullshit statistics that. Mean nothing. Exactly like those two idiots, Valance and Witty, yeah. saying in a month's time, 4,000 a day will be dying. That's not a prediction, that's a scenario. Yes. Fuck I was off. listening
0: to that idiotic dark side radio uh, yesterday and they were actually asking people to call in if they had suffered from bad air. <laughs>
1: Exactly, <laughs> That those pollution statistics... You know, that's why everybody's moving over to radio. When they radio. talk about people dying from air pollution around the world, it's absolute bullshit. It is. It's figures plucked from the ether. It is. Uh, and I actually
0: true. heard somebody on this particular show saying, well, of course, everybody knows that poor air pollution um, uh, leads to childhood obesity. Yeah. It leads to uh, childhood mental health issues. It's like, well, how do you know?" All yeah. this? Prove it. How's Prove it. it. Where, where you Prove it. it. Everybody know, doesn't know. you know, know what they say I now? I don't though? know it. Do you know what they say now? They yeah. say, well, the thing is... Um, research has shown. That's yes. their phrase. No, no,
1: no. Well, that does, research Bollocks. has not shown this stuff. To that. Research has not shown this, and everybody does not know this. And if you want me to know it, you better fucking prove it. Yeah, exactly. You haven't proved it.
0: Well, if it's anything to do with the government, they can't prove anything. Yeah, but it's bullshit.
1: It's bullshit. It's what lefties do. They I know. Just pluck numbers out of the, f- the air saying 100,000 a Here's year. Here's a study
0: dive. I've just done.
1: Yeah, 100,000 a year die from air pollution. Prove
0: it. Yeah, right. Not one person. But- The air in this
1: country is significantly cleaner than it was ten years ago. Uh, We are improving ecologically by the day uh, everything we do in this country is a waste of space. Britain produces 2% of the world's pollution uh, while India America and China pollute the fuck out of the place. Mind it's you it's, not probably us, more it's, po- them.
0: it's probably more polluted in London now than it was before they put the bike lanes in. Yes it's getting, ba- yes, getting it
1: bad again <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyway I think we're out of time. Uh, we'll be back uh, with another Thought Police next week. See you then
1: The four governments of the United Kingdom, here are their policies in full. Lockdown doesn't work. Blame the people. Tier systems don't work. Blame the people. Bring in another lockdown. Fails again. Blame the people. New tiers. Crap. Blame the people. It's ridiculous. Why don't they work out that actually the score is lockdowns and tiers
0: just don't work. It's not the people's fault, they just don't work. They don't, and the worst thing about all of this is that having said that they don't work, uh, they then want to keep doing them. Which doesn't make any sense at all. Well, that's what I'm saying. One. I
1: mean, it, it is the definition not only of madness, but certainly of political madness uh, to come up with a policy that palpably and patently is a fucking disaster, <laughs> absolute failure. Oh, what should we do? I've got an idea. Let's do exactly the same let's thing. Let's do it, again, all, only and worse. Let's keep doing it. Right. I mean, I went through all of them because uh, mm. I, I became a, like a riot specialist. Uh, Brixton, all the time, Battersea, South Hall, uh, um, Camden, uh, all over, all yeah. over. Can you
0: see that happening again? Do you think?
1: Well, I really, I, mean, I really, it's a good point. Uh, we we came to this point randomly, but uh, now I come to think of it, there is a historical precedent for what's going on. I think these lockdown protests, and they're not just
0: protesting no. about lockdowns;
1: they're pro- protesting against the. Uh, removal of our freedom, they're going to get worse and worse and worse. I think they are going to become... Because
0: I can't quite work out at the moment. Mass
1: rebellion is going to be a problem. I think it might be. I'll tell you about people who are left to centre. They're pathetic people with empty lives and uh, they've got nothing to do anyway. The lockdown doesn't make any difference to them because they've got no fucking friends.